hello and welcome back to the woods a podcast about the mysterious the legendary and the plain weird because you never know what you're going to find in the woods my name is shazney and my name is sandy is it is it really last time do you know your own name sandy it's only been what like 41 episodes (laughs) I mean, I'd like to think I knew my name before starting the podcast, (laughs) but... Uh, I still don't know my name, so it's okay. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, uh, sorry listeners, we forgot to record last week because we were really flaky individuals. Yeah, welcome back to uh, another episode of We Are Literal Garbage accurate description (laughs) yeah i mean i felt bad because i meant to get back to you but there was just so much going on this past weekend ian's parents were visiting and then my grandma's visiting and um my aunt and uncle were visiting so i had so much going on no that's okay i think i was also pretty busy yeah i was at home for the weekend so Mm mm-hmm Oh gee, um, but now we're here, and we're we're ready, as mm-hmm. ready as we'll ever be. Yes, um, so I would like to give a shout out to our Instagram. <laughs> if you don't follow us on Instagram, you need to go follow us because you may not think it, but I think that I am a comic genius, and <laughs> I've started making videos of sandy and i exploring uh haunted places so go check it out they're hilarious i think they're great sylvia likes them and that's what really matters sylvia does love them she thinks they're hilarious (laughs) thank you sylvia that means a lot to me also on twitter (laughs) okay so we have lots of podcasting friends on twitter and sometimes there's those like tag your friends and write whatever like what i don't know there's different ones this one specifically was tag friends and write three movies Mm -hmm. so we were one of the first ones to be tagged so i did it lol for funsies whatever it's been going on all week and i get so many messages every day not messages directly obviously i don't know any of these people but like (laughs) because we're tagged in the original post Mm -hmm. it's like it replies to all of us and now there's like 50 of us who are tagged in this in this big stream of posts who are probably all getting notifications and i don't know how to turn that off (laughs) it's just our life now But, um, yeah, I've been seeing lots of good, uh, movie recommendations. hmm I like the movies you picked. <laughs> Thank you. I thought that really, like, embraced who we are as individuals. I agree. <laughs> okay, what was the first one? Because you had Twilight and Shrek 2. What was the other one? Space Jam. Space Jam. That's what it was. I was like, fuck yeah, I want to watch all of these movies. I was like, there's so many good movies like you're right but also i know how much we're actually trash so that's why i put twilight (laughs) you know i'm always down to watch twilight i know you are (laughs) i'm loving all the twilight 
memes and TikToks we've been sending each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's become an issue. I don't know if I said it on here, but I had a dream where I was just dreaming in like TikToks. Like <laughs> I was watching my dream happen on my phone in TikToks as I kept scrolling. <laughs> it's becoming it's become an issue, it's become a problem, but oh well. I feel like it's a problem that might be worth it. I mean, now I know that dance, like, why are you so obsessed with me? Oh, yeah. Boy, I wanna know. Did you see the one with the big head? The person with the fake head on their head? Oh, yeah. And then their brother walks yeah, in. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> oh, Wait, my God, I did it. I... I was doing it with Angela, and then my mom walked in, so then she tried to do it. It was fun. <laughs> Um, the one I sent you last night, the, it's the, what are they, they're both shark heads. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Well, wasn't it like a shark and a dinosaur? I don't know, but they're both rubber. Yeah. Hand things. Like the little puppet things. Yeah, the rubber hand puppets. One's a shark and he's like, he's in the fridge and he's eating a salad (laughs) and The other one sees him, and the audio is this really weird, I don't even know what it is, but he's like, eh, (laughs) what you do with the eh, I can't even recreate it, but. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed (laughs) so much, (laughs) and I went and I watched all the other ones people have made. (laughs) And I just can't get over the audio. And Okay, so I had to set myself a timer on TikTok because I was spending way too much time on it. I feel that. I've, like, so, been doing nothing else. So today, um, so it's, it starts at midnight. Um, so this afternoon, I, was, I don't know, someone sent me a video on TikTok and I hadn't been on there all day. So I went on there to, like, look at it and scroll through my feed. And mm-hmm. it's, like, five, it pops up and it's, like, you only have five minutes left. And I was, like, what? why like i i haven't been on it at all today and i just remembered now that i spent probably 40 minutes last night <laughs> laughing at the shark video <laughs> yo that's like me at the whole peppa what are you doing in my and then like whatever i think that's hilarious and i keep going through all of them then the other one, I, or the other time, I sent Seema this TikTok and she got really mad at me. But it was one of, like, they, it was, like, this big buffet and there was, like, a pig, like, a roasted pig. And the guy was like, Peppa, what are you doing on the buffet table? And oh I lost my it. God. Peppa. Oh, Peppa, what are you doing on the buffet table? Oh, they're so funny. <laughs> if I ever come across Pepper the Pig at school, I will make Peppa. one. <laughs> what are you doing at the school library? What are you doing in my school library? <laughs> and I just love that tone of voice. I don't know. God, we're so lame. We have lame sense of humor. <laughs> Excuse you. <laughs> I think I'm hilarious. 
You are hilarious. I I do think you're hilarious. I also think Thank I'm you. hilarious. <laughs> we are both pretty funny. We should have started a comedy duo. <laughs> yeah, instead of a podcast, we should have done stand-up or something. <laughs> Why didn't we start a comedy podcast? I don't know. <laughs> we I should... Mean, I mean, we can consider ourselves, like... I don't even know what we are. Because we're not just crime. We're not just paranormal. I, I always tell people we're paranormal and true crime. I find that's the short, sweet kind of way. Yeah. Um, um, I feel like we're just... <laughs> like, just upsetting. Anything that's upsetting, we will talk about. Classic. A podcast that will make you upset simultaneously as making you laugh. If that was English, I don't know. (laughs) I'm so sleepy. (sighs) I don't know why. Yeah. I feel. Loki Um, keeps staring at me. Loki is super cute with his new haircut. We should post a photo of him. Okay. Um, yeah. I just shaved him all down. Like, I love it when he's all fluffy and, like, his hair grows out all curly. But I just don't have the time to get him groomed, like, once a month to keep mm-hmm. his coat all nice. So figure once every six months I'm just going to shave him down. Not fair. He looks good either way. <laughs> He looks like a different dog. You're not Loki. (laughs) You're not Loki. Go away. I'm just kidding. I love you. He's so cute. Um, yeah. Well, Sandy, do we have anything? (laughs) I just dropped you. Uh, do we have anything else to talk about before we Um, get the show on the road? I I hired an engagement photographer. Oh yeah. We know her by Gabby. <laughs> okay. Cuz she's coming to visit and I wanted her to do my engagement photos in Saskatoon, but then we moved and then I realized she was coming um in September and October anyway. Mhm. Um so if Ian's still here because he might have to go out of town for work, if he's still here during that time, I'll just get Gabby to do it. And I really hope she can, because that'd be cool. That'd be chill. Mm-hmm. That's um, cool. Yeah. And then Loki got his haircut, and... And yeah. That's it. What about you? Um... Wait. Oh my god. Okay, so if you don't follow us on Twitter... Okay, so it's usually me who's on Twitter, and Sandy's the one who usually does our Instagram. Um, so on Twitter, I was tweeting that, uh, as it, was it as it was happening? I forget. <coughs> anyway, so the other night, I was in my living room, just like, chilling at my, I have my kitchen table in my living room, because it's a really big room. Yeah. So I was chilling at my kitchen table, doing work, and... Um, I had my back against the wall and right, kind of right above me was, is the window, it's off Mm -hmm. to the side of it. 
but those blinds were closed and then down the wall from me those blinds were open so it's at midnight and I I knew because I kind of look I live in a basement suite so I was like looking outside before this happened and like I seen that there's like dead weeds and leaves and um, it's kind of in a garden that isn't really like the landlord doesn't have anything in it so it's just kind of a bunch of dead plants so yeah I'm against this wall and it's dead silent and everyone's in bed upstairs so like you know it's dead silent and um, I can hear someone walk up to the window because I can hear crunching leaves and weeds dead stuff outside but yeah, I can hear them like walking across the window across that wall um I didn't like quite hear the beginning of it because I think I was watching TikToks <laughs> so <laughs> it was audio uh but like as soon as I heard someone like I I pressed pause so that it wasn't making noise anymore I'm like I pressed myself against the wall just to make sure that they couldn't see me um but yeah so I heard somebody get like at my window I don't know if it was a person or a cat it would be really weird if it's a person because yeah. it's on someone's lawn maybe and it was like, a ghost maybe um, and there's like a staircase right outside like right beside that window like obviously there's a you, you, you can go under it it's like a deck I guess um, but yeah so that was really weird and I might have a stalker but like whatever Small I really town hope problems. it's the small town problems. I get stalked all the time. <laughs> I really hope it's not a stalker. Me too. I hope it's a ghost. Me too. Or a cat. Wait, no, I don't want it to be a ghost. I hope it was a cat or a raccoon or a deer. I mean, like, what if the ghost just stayed outside, though? That wouldn't be so bad. Just don't um, invite it in. It's a vampire. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> a vampire ghost uh no even if it's a ghost it can like i'm sorry even to my dead relatives like stop uh, yeah please don't <laughs> yeah okay so that is um haven't i don't think i've had any more like sleep paralysis since the last time i told you guys mm-hmm I don't know if I told the one, the last one on, I know I tweeted it. Did I tell it on the podcast? I don't remember. I know you told Mm. the sleep paralysis story. Okay, well. I think you might have. If you don't follow us on Twitter, you probably should, because sometimes I talk about my sleep paralysis. Um, Yeah, I started, like, looking into it online, and, I mean, I'm not self-diagnosing myself, because really to get, like, diagnosed with this stuff first thing it's not really a problem in my life so I don't see the point in going to somebody over it mm-hmm. also um I forget what I was gonna say but anyway so I was looking into sleep disorders online and um the one that like or one of the ones that kind of describes something that I experience is um <laughs> it just has a really funny name so <laughs> it's called exploding head syndrome <laughs> Oh, jeez, what's that? Which sounds insane. You think, like, whoa, like, what? Exploding head syndrome? It's not that insane. It's oh. just, um, 
if you've, I don't know if all accounts fall under this or not because I'm not a doctor, but uh, if you're ever like, have you ever been like falling asleep or like just like waking up, but like, and you just hear like a super loud noise that doesn't exist? No. Okay. I'll, I have ha- experienced that before. Apparently it's like, it doesn't get diag, it gets, it doesn't get diagnosed as much as people have it. I don't know the proper way to say that. Like, more people have it than who get diagnosed. But, um, it's only like 10% or something. So it's, it's not, yeah, but it's not usually like a big issue Mm -hmm. for most people that experience it. Or they don't experience, like it, it's not something that happens all the time. Like, they'll get it for like a few months and then it just goes away kind of thing. So, I don't know. I was okay. kind of read, reading about it. Um, so, yeah, possibly I have experienced exploding head syndrome. And <laughs> that's just kind of a crazy name. Yeah. Did I even tell? Okay, no, I didn't even say what happened. Okay. Um, I don't know. I don't want to repeat myself if I already said it on the podcast. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I, I was, like, asleep, and I heard stuff happening nearby. Okay. Go to Twitter if you want to know. I already told my mom, so. And she's, like, our only listener, so it's fine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, Sandy, what's your what's our topic, and what's your story for the week? Our topic is women. Yay! Yay! Women are great. Um, but we did narrow it down to specific women. Um, yeah, so I guess legendary women, women who've impacted history in some way. We could literally have, like, a whole podcast dedicated to this topic. But today we're just going to focus on two individuals. Yeah. Also, sorry, my window's open and there's music outside, but it's really hot in here, so I don't want to close my window. That's fair. Okay. Loki's staring at me as if he's waiting for something, and it's kind of making me nervous. Creepy. So, (laughs) today, I'm going to talk about Mexico's first feminist. And, like, this was a long, long time ago. This was... I don't want to do the math, but this person, this woman's name was Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz, and for some reason, Wikipedia translated that in English for me, so while her name in Spanish is Juana Inés de la Cruz, it translates to Sister Joan Agnes of the Cross, and I was like, I feel like this is, I don't know what to do with that information, what do I do with this translation, but okay. Um, But anyway, she was born in November of 1648 in a country that was called New Spain, which is now called Mexico. So this was during um, colonization that she was born in Mexico. Mm -hmm. She was born Juana Inés de Asbaje y Ramírez de Santillana. So yeah, she had a long ass name. Uh, She was the illegitimate daughter of a Spanish captain and of a Latin American woman who was of mostly Spanish descent. So since she was illegitimate, like her parents weren't married, 
and back at the like at the time like the 1600s that was very looked down upon so her father was absent from her life and the father figure that she knew was her grandfather who owned an estate where she spent her summers learning to read and write both in Spanish and Nahuatl. So Nahuatl is um, the indigenous language um, for the indigenous people in Mexico City, like around that area. So she was learning to read and write in both Spanish and this indigenous language that was banned, as okay. you know, colonialism. Yep. Um, but also she, like, not only was she doing that, she was also a woman. So even just her learning to read and write in Spanish was, was not okay. But her grandfather taught her anyway, and she studied, like, different subjects, and she was really good at it. Um, so it wasn't long before she started writing poetry, which again, not good for women. And she wrote poetry both in Spanish and in this indigenous language, too. So at age 16, she was sent to live in, within Mexico City, because uh, she lived outside of Mexico City. Uh, and she asked her mother if she could disguise herself as a man so she would go to university. But her mom said no. So instead, she became a lady-in-waiting at a colonial... I told myself I was going to look up this pronunciation, but... I didn't. <laughs> Basically, she became a lady-in-waiting at this um, court uh, of this guy who was basically running Mexico at the time. He was kind of like, kind of like king, but not really king. And he would tutor his wife, and then his wife would kind of teach her to be. Um, a proper lady or whatever whatever they did back at the time but anywho so this guy this man leader noticed that she was super smart and he wanted to test that smartness for some reason so he invited theorists and philosophers and poets who were all men from all over Mexico to test the 17 year old girl's knowledge but like why <laughs> like, it, it seemed so unnecessary yeah like she's 17 are you threatened by a 17 year old probably but anyway she was super smart and all of these educated old men were asking her all these questions that she knew all the answers to and everyone was super impressed by her intelligence and as this was happening she was still writing poems which then threatened the leaders of the catholic church because you know the catholic church loves being Ugh threatened by anything oh yes so they didn't think that she should be smart or writing these things especially since none of her writings had to do with god um so she did want more for her life uh, besides being questioned by men and being screwed over by them however since she was the illegitimate daughter she was never allowed to get married so because of this fact she became a nun instead even though she didn't want to mm -hmm. um However, she did say that if she became a nun, then she would give her, or it would give her the freedom to study without other obligations. So, like, instead of getting married and maybe having a husband who wouldn't let her continue her studies, at least as a nun she could, and that was good enough for her. I mean, and also I guess it had to be, because she was illegitimate and could never get married. Okay. 
So she moved to this uh, convent and stayed there from 1669 until her death in 1695. So during this time, she was killing the poetry scene. She studied and she wrote really, <laughs> wrote really woke feminist poems and started a collection of books. So in November of 1690, the bishop of a city called Puebla published one of Sor Juana's writing without her permission, and he published it under a pseudonym um, uh, called, what was the pseudonym? Sor Filotea. And the work that this asshole published was Sor Juana's critique of a 40-year-old sermon done by a Portuguese preacher. So basically, he took this critique she had of this preacher she didn't really like, and he published it without telling her. What a douche. So this preacher, in turn, published a critique on Sor Juana's comments and opinions, and he believed that as a woman, she needed to give up her studies and writings and focus solely on God. Um, Gross. Sor Juana didn't take that sitting down, so she responded, and she published the response, and... The response was basically like, you're a coward and you feel threatened by me and that's not my fault. Mm -hmm. um, she also said that their country would be so much better if women were allowed to teach other women about the dangers of male teachers and how to avoid spaces like that. Wow. Which is so, like, that's still so relevant. Yeah. Like, this was in the 1690, and th that is still incredibly relevant. Um, she wrote, and I quote, God graced me with the gift of an immense love for the truth, is that since the first light of reason dawned on me, my inclination towards letters was so intense and powerful that neither reprimands by others, of which I have had many, nor self-reflection, of which I have done not little, have been sufficient for me to stop pursuing this natural impulse that God put on me. So basic, she, basically she's like, fuck that, I'm smart, I'm talented, I'm amazing, I'm better than you, and nothing is gonna stop me from, from that. Mm -hmm. So, super ahead of her time, also. Um, and because of that, her work was then censored, and she wasn't allowed to publish anything else. And they took all of her books from her library and hid all of her scientific equipment. And at the end, she had to sign an apology letter to the church. And she signed it as me the worst of them all and I was like no <laughs> no um da -da -da. but yeah so this like theme was reoccurring in her writing like she wrote she wrote poems about double standards and about being a slut and being a prude and how being a woman in this world is a double-edged sword and there's no way to win mm -hmm. she knew that the world was not easy for women or for marginalized people she also had a way of calling people out on their bullshit and their poems um, she is considered to be, and I quote, the first feminist of the new world and a woman ahead of her time. Um, so here's another thing she wrote. Oh, foolish men who accuse women with so little cause, not seeing you are the reason for the very thing you blame. For if with unequaled longing you solicit their disdain, why wish them to behave well when you urge them to be evil? 
So basically saying, hey, men, you are the reason that women have it so bad and you blame us for the things that you created. You expect us to be good, but then expect us also to like do whatever you want us to do. Yeah, sister. And then in... (laughs) And in another verse, she writes, you think highly of no woman, no matter how modest. If she rejects you, she is ungrateful. And if she accepts, she is unchaste. So basically the same thing that is happening now. And it's really infuriating that nothing has changed. Um, so needless to say that Sor Juana is a national icon in Mexico. So the street of my grandma's house, um, like, is named after her. And her face is on the 200, uh, pesos bill. Oh, cool. And her work is, yeah, her work is studied in school. And, uh, there's also a Netflix show about her and her life. which one? It's called Juana Inés. Hmm. It's in Spanish. Like, it's really good. Is it on Canadian Netflix? Yeah. Like, it's a Netflix original. Oh, nice. So, if you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, So, despite the fact that the time period she lived in was heavily male-dominated and the church had say in everything, she was really brave to do the things that she did. She called out the Catholic Church. She studied. She read. She learned how to speak Nahuatl, which, again, was super forbidden. And, like, she respected... um, the land that she grew up on she understood that this language is the is like the indigenous language and um that there was a respect for it when other people kind of didn't like that yeah hmm. um she ended up passing away in 19 or 1695 from a plague that struck mexico city she was only like 45 oh And it doesn't say what the plague is. Honestly, it could have been, like, the flu. I don't know. (laughs) And um, a few years ago, I did this poetry performance at this modern art gallery. And what I had to do is I had to take an old poem and then respond to it. And I responded to one of her poems. Yeah, and I have, like, a book of her works in it. So... Yes, feminist icon that I don't think is talked about enough. No. Because she was pretty badass for her time. Mm-hmm. Is she, like, like in Mexico now? Like, do they see her as, like, a good icon? Yeah. yeah. And, um... Also, if you watch the the show, like, it implies that she might have been lesbian, which is also an interesting take on it too mm-hmm. I don't I don't think there's anything that like I don't think it's documented anywhere but I guess some people kind of speculate yeah and uh, you know she fought also for edu- like education for women and and was like I want to teach girls and girls like need to be taught about how dangerous it is to be taught by men and yeah oh my so, gosh that reminds me okay um, the second season of The Handmaid's Tale. Oh, yeah. When, oh, I forget all their names, but the lady, the blonde lady in the green. Oh, I forget her name. But yeah, so the lady of the oh. house. Uh, Serena? Yeah, Serena. 
wasn't she like a highly educated woman and then the fall happened yeah. and then she had to become a housewife <laughs> yeah she had to take up knitting even though she hates it yeah but like before that like she and even like during because she was part of like helping her husband become famous and stuff like she was like a super actually mm-hmm. like strong like educated badass kind of lady could have been if mm-hmm. she wasn't like pushing for all the wrong things but yeah interesting yeah i don't know why i just like got a glimpse of that for some reason no fair you know it reminds me of this interview with margaret atwood who wrote the handmaid's tale how she said like because her book is dystopian but she said I'm not writing about anything new. This has always happened to women. True. So that's kind of what that, like, what this story reminded me of, of, like, women are still being treated like this, and this is still so relevant. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Very, very woke. I like her. Me too. And I have, like, in her the poetry book I have, I have, like, her response to that asshole who published her work without asking her. Oh, yeah. Is it, like, it's all translated from Spanish, so sometimes it's, like, a little, like, hard to read. Mm-hmm. Also, just language was different back then, too. Uh, but yeah, so that was Sor Juana Inés de la Cruz. I like it. Good story. Thank you. Thank you. I might have to check out the Netflix show. <laughs> it's definitely one you have to pay attention to. Kind of like The Handmaid's Tale, how you like you, you need to give it your full attention. Yeah. It's that kind of a show. Okay. Okay, well, I will get to my story in just a second here. I totally forgot how to say the word again, so I have to find that video. <laughs> um, okay. Before I forget again. Okay, so I um, recently on TikTok, you know, that on, the only app that we go on anymore, um, I came across... Um, this lady who was doing uh videos um well it started out like why i forget it was like why they shouldn't remake pocahontas or Uh like movies that they should make instead of pocahontas and um one of them was uh about um Oh, no, I can't say it again. Okay, Sakagawa. That was gibberish. Sakagawa. 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 I think so. Sakagawa? I think so. Sakagawa. Okay. But how does how did you say it? The way that I was taught to say it was Sakajawea. Yeah. Sorry, it's Sakagawea. Sakagawea? Sakagawea. I think I was saying Sakagawa. No, Sakagawea. Okay, so. Sakagawea. Okay. So, yeah, so, um, uh, lots of people are, they teach in the U.S. to say it, like, what Sandy said. Sakagawea. What was it? 
Sacagawea. Sacagawea. But in the language that... Oh, how do you say it? Sacagawea? Sacagawea? Mm-hmm. The language that she would have spoken, they don't have a, a J sound. They only have the hard G. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. Is what historians believe, so that's why it was... Yeah. So lots of times it's spelt with a J, but it should be spelt with a G. I don't know. Anyway. Okay. So, I was on TikTok, and I came across this lady. Her name is Diamond Dog 74 and she does a lot of, um, I think she's, I can't remember now. But anyway, she's an indigenous lady in the U.S., and she does a lot of videos uh, teaching people. She's actually a historian herself, so she teaches people, um, you know, things about indigenous folks in, in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I subscribe to her because it's interesting. Okay, mm-hmm. so Sakag... Sakagawa? <laughs> is that what I said? Sakagawa? 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 I don't know why I cannot remember this. Sakagawa was born around 1788 in Lima County, Idaho, among the Shoshone tribe. So the reason I want to do Sakagawa is because I don't know anything about her, but apparently she, you know, in the U.S. they teach a lot about um, uh, what she was involved in and stuff, and mm-hmm. we don't learn that here in Canada, at least I didn't through school, so, yeah, I was like, hmm, she was in Night Before, no, what's it called, the Night, not Night Before, uh, <laughs> she was night at, at Night at the night Museum, at the Museum, okay, so she's in Night at the Museum, and I didn't know how much about her, but I was like, hmm, okay, let's do it. So, Sakagawea was born in 1788, like I said, in Lehigh County, Idaho, Idaho, <laughs> among the Shoshone tribe. She was a daughter of a Shoshone chief, but not much was known about her life as a child. She li- likely partook in typical child activities, such as playing with games, toys, and with her other, or with the other Shoshone children. She would eventually lead a life as an interp- interpreter and an important part of the expansion across the U.S., I guess. I don't know. My notes uh-huh. kind of don't make sense right there. Um, <laughs> something I will point out, too, is, like, that I learned from all the few ladies that I follow that are Native American. Uh, they said that, like, uh, the um, Native Americans, the indigenous folks in the U.S., like, way back, like, they didn't have a monarchy or anything to, like, when uh-huh. people think like Pocahontas was like an Indian princess, like no, that wasn't the thing. So same goes for Sakagawa. 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 She um, she was just someone's daughter, you know. So yeah. Now the Shoshone were constantly attacked by another tribe called the Hidatsa who also had rifles provided by European traders. This was an obvious advantage, so Mm. most of the time the Shoshone were defeated, raided, and members of their tribe were killed or kidnapped. One of these raids led Sakagawea being kidnapped at about 11 years old, along with other women from her tribe. She and the others were then transported to the Hidatsa encampment on the banks of the Missouri River. 
this is where she met Toussaint Charbonneau. <laughs> Some French dude. Um, he was a French Canadian who had been born around Montreal, uh-huh. but had been with the Hidatsas for about four or five years. He was 37 years old and was an independent trader. He made Sakagawea his wife when she was 16. Yeah, typical. Ew. Yeah, exactly. Uh, apparently it was common for traders to marry both French and Native American women to keep good ties between the Natives and the Europeans so that they could, like, trade more easily and stuff. It was, it was all business. Um, of course. Mm-hmm. Sakagawa was one of a few wives, most likely, um, Another one was a Shoshone girl from her tribe as well, but uh, we only know her as the Otter Woman. Uh, The Corpse of Discovery expedition was the first American expedition to cross the western portion of the U.S. It was made of a group of U.S. Army volunteers under the command of Captain Meriwether Lewis and his close friend, 2nd Lieutenant Mm -hmm. William Clark. Which Sandy's gone in her head. I'm sure she liked this in school. <laughs> um, I. It's just like American history in the U.S. is pounded into your head from day one. So yes, I am familiar. <laughs> yeah. See, I. I mean, I don't know a whole. No, not a lot about American history, but I'm kind of thankful for that. <laughs> um, we get enough of it in like TV shows and movies and stuff, but. I don't know, we kind of catch on to no, it. That's fair. Like, I, I mean, I've definitely heard of this before. Well, even, like I said, it's in Night at the Museum, so. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, so we got Lewis and Clark, which I thought would be a pretty cool rap duo name. I think they should start a rap group. <laughs> Lewis and Clark, yeah. So, the expedition was commissioned by Thomas Jefferson. I think he was a president or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> To create an American presence in the land across America before the British could. Because for some reason the Americans didn't like the British and they, yeah, they always fought. So on December 21st, 1804, Lewis and Clark and his group of corpse, and I don't know why I wrote his. It should be their group of, (laughs) I wrote it as if they're one person. Lewis and Clark and (laughs) their group of corpse of discovery explorers settled in with the Hidatsas for the winter. Here is where they met Toussaint Charbonneau, Charbonnois, I don't know, I don't know French. He applied for the job of interpreter for the expedition, and when Lewis and Clark found out that he had a Shoshone wife, they took interest in him as they would need their help acquiring horses once they reached the Shoshone nation. So they're like, mm. oh, uh, we're kind of actually more interested in your wife, to be honest, but yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> Sakagawea spoke Shoshone, Hidatsa, and French, but not, did not speak English, so another French-English interpreter was used as well. So, yeah, they had, like, between her to Clark and Lewis, <laughs> they had, like, three or four people who had to translate but like I was like why did they need the French dude because <laughs> they had to use someone else too and I was like what <laughs> yeah they, I'm pretty sure they just wanted him for his wife um but yeah probably that's what it sounds like 
Uh, so at this time, Sakagawa, Sakagawa, she um, she was also pregnant and gave birth to her son, Jean Baptiste Charbonnois, Charbonnois. But nicknamed him Pompey, which I thought was a cute name. Pompey. Wait, name nicknamed him what? Pompey. P O M P Y. Aww. Pompey. Pompey. That's so adorable. <laughs> right? Um, all in 1805. So, uh, Lewis recounted the birth in his journals, stating how it was long, tedious, and violently painful, as if he was the one given birth. <laughs> Yeah, like, ooh, how how bad for you. No, I, I read it. He was, like, saying it was for her, but the way this... Okay. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, um, okay. Uh, they actually, like, gave her, um, snake venom to help make her birth faster or something like that. Hmm. Like, Interesting. Weird old medicine. So, Could you imagine, like, people against, like, epidurals being, like, I only go, like, natural, so I'm just gonna use snake oh venom. It was, like, a rattlesnake venom, because the, um, the journal said it was something, like, uh, I don't, I forget which one it was, it was Lewis or Clark or whatever, they're like, yeah, there was a rattlesnake close by, so I grabbed it and gave her snake venom. Oh, but I, I'm course. pretty sure they meant, like... There was rattlesnake venom nearby. <laughs> Not just the rattlesnakes, yeah. just chilling. <laughs> poor rattlesnake. Could you imagine the poor things? Like, what the hell? Um, on April 7th of 1805, as the spring was being felt on the Missouri River, 17-year-old Sakagawa... Sakagawa? I don't know. Sakagawa? Sakagawa? Sakagawa. Okay. Sakagawea, with her 55-day-old son on her back, departed with the Corpse Discovery Expedition on what was to be a 5,000-mile or 8,000 kilometers for us Canadians journey (laughs) that would last about 16 months. She was an absolute asset to the Corpse as she was able to identify plants, roots, and fruits for the travelers. When a boat capsized, Sakagawea. I don't know why I cannot say this name. I've been practicing literally for a week. Sakagawea? Yes, Sakagawea. Um, her quick action saved many valuable, valuable documents and instruments. Um, wow. Which led a river in Montana to be named after her by Lewis and Clark. She was also important because traveling with a woman woman showed others that they were not a war party. Um, but yeah, so Lewis and Clark were like impressed. They're like, hey, look at this girl go. Like she's got quick actions, quick on her feet. Let's name a river off after her. Soon they made their way to the Shoshone territory and Sakagawea began to recognize landmarks from her childhood. When they arrived at the Shoshone settlement, she recognized the chief as her brother, whom she hadn't seen since her abduction at about 11 years old. 
She was beyond happy wow. to see her fam jam and tribe again. I mean, I don't blame her. That's a long time. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So also, uh, Saka. Sakagawaya, her opinions were deemed important enough to be able to vote within the expedition decisions, particularly where they would set up a camp. So even Mm. their African-American slave, York, was their name, was given a say. It wouldn't be until six decades later that women would gain their right to vote in the U.S. So... Um, mm. Yeah, pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was just their group of travelers, but still, like, obviously, her opinion valued a lot. Um, especially being the only woman on the expedition. Yeah. Um, and she was smart. Like, she, <laughs> she, like, she voted for them to, to stay somewhere where there would be lots of potatoes for them to pick, because you know food and they didn't yeah. they didn't go with it but she still got a say you know yeah um in the end her husband was paid $533.33 and 320 acres of land for being an interpreter while she got nothing of course classic mhm she did all the work and her husband got all the money. Her husband, who was some French dude with like three other wives. Um, her and her husband and their little Pompey, their, their little kid, lived, lived among the Hidatsas for the next three years after the Lewis and Clark expedition. In 1810, Charbonneau Noir, her husband, decided to take possession of the land that he had earned for his service to the corpse and moved his family to St. Louis St. Louis Missouri Mm. used to the frontier land Charbonneau did not adjust to his new life working the land and sold his property to Clark for $100 wow Mm -hmm. oh did I ever say that oh I don't think I said this but um so, at some point, like, when uh, Pompey was born, Clark, like, because he was on the expedition with him, Clark really liked Pompey and told them that, like, oh, like, you know, I'll, I'll raise your kid as my own and and um, I'll give him an education and stuff. And then, obviously, they were like, uh, no, they're our, he's our kid. But eventually he was left with Clark and he was enrolled at the St. Louis, St. Louis Academy, um, Jesuit, I don't know, Catholic boarding school, so, by Pompey. Interesting. Bye-bye, Pompey. Yeah. Uh, Charbonneau found employment as an interpreter with the Missouri Fur Company and was relocated to Fort Manuel Lisa in South Dakota. Uh, here in August 1812, Sak- Sakakawea gave birth to her second child, a girl named Lizette. But it is believed that Sakakawea—I Sak- just said it. Sakakawea 
died five months later from typhus, a parasite spread by fleas. Oh no. Lizette was also, or Lizette also went on to live with Clark, but is believed to not have sur- survived infancy. There was a woman who died in 1884 who many Shoshone believe was Sakago Wea, so it is unconfirmed whether she had passed um, in 1812 or in 1884. So the one in 1812 was like, it was documented like at a hospital, but this, it was a woman, uh, I can't remember why. Oh, it it was said that she had been on the expedition. That's why they believed it was her. But then, like, the Shoshone, mm. like, truly believed that she didn't die until 1884. Because they said that, like, she came back to the Shoshone tribe to live. Um, okay. And then she didn't d- die until 72 years later. So, like, it's, mm. it's unconfirmed. And, like, different monuments, it, like, same with her name, how it's spelt differently. Like, different monuments have uh-huh. different lengths of her life too yeah mm. uh wow. so yeah um Sakagawea <laughs> there we go I said it right <laughs> I do not know why I'm having such issues with the name I've been practicing for a week I think maybe that's why maybe I psyched myself up too Could much be. maybe you're overthinking I it I think I am yeah okay hmm so I learned something new. I didn't know much about her at all. I just remembered her in the I mean, Night at the Museum. I also learned new things. I didn't really know anything about her either. Like, I kind of knew the basic summary. Mm-hmm. She helped Lewis and Clark and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't know everything else. Um, also makes me think that I really didn't learn anything in American history <laughs> Uh, unless it was about a white dude. Pretty much, though. Yeah. It's pretty similar here, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And these people, like, these women, get, or these marginalized people, get erased. It's very mm-hmm. sad. Yeah, it is. Like, every time I uh, learned about this stuff, it was always seen as, like, a good thing, like... It was always seen as like, oh, like, these native people wanted this to happen to them. Like, and it was never, like, like I never learned about genocide of indigenous peoples until I was much older. Yeah. Which is very sad. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I don't know. Okay, so as somebody who kind of understands the curriculum here in Saskatchewan, um, I'm not sure if it changed from when I was a kid to now. But when I was a kid, I remember them talking about residential schools as if it was a good thing. Like, or, well, yeah, like, they basically sold it as it was, like, summer camp. Yeah. And the kids, like, got candy. <laughs> like, no, that's not what happened. Um, no, it's definitely not but what it, happened. But it was still a very new thing that was being taught at that point. Which, I mean, it's sad, because that... I mean, the last one in Saskatchewan closed in 1996, and then... Yeah. So, I it was about 10 years later, because that was when I was born, so about 8 to 10 mm-hmm. years later is when they started, or is when I learned that they were a thing, so it was about grade 4, grade 5, grade 6, somewhere in there. Um, but yeah, they, they basically said it was like a good thing that 
oh, so like the little indigenous kids got sent to these schools to learn and be educated and and stuff like that. But like, sure, upfront that doesn't sound like a bad thing. But when you actually learn, mm-hmm. like, they were forced from their homes to go to usually these religious schools that obviously are very different ideas about life and stuff from indigenous teachings and then they were their hair was cut off their names were changed um they had bad living conditions they were treated terribly they were abused and stripped of their culture and of their language and lots of them like didn't even get to see their parents again and all that and yeah (laughs) yeah I, yeah, Definitely. and, and like, that's just, like, skimming the surface of what happened. Yeah. And from what I, like, have seen, people try to tell me I'm wrong about this. I mean, I haven't really gone to study it or anything, but just from media and stuff, it seems like in the States, they've completely erased even the idea of Native Americans there. 100%. Like, I... It, it's definitely like I don't even know how to like explain it like I remember when I moved here and I thought like there was more talk about the aboriginal peoples of Canada and that like that's something that was never talked about in the US which is very upsetting because they exist and they're still there and they're still thriving and they went through a lot of bullshit in like history mm-hmm. and being forced into the crappiest part of the countries with the crappiest land mm-hmm. and it's it, it's unfortunate and it really sucks like <laughs> and you know you have history completely erasing what actually happened yeah and not just like like with that history like other histories like for example when um, the U.S. invaded Mexico and then took that land mm-hmm. and then, like, some people painted as Mexico just handed it over. Like, no, that's not what happened. No. Mexico, like, why would they do that? And then, like, all of those Mexicans living there after that territory became, Amer- like, American territory, they weren't even allowed to have an American citizenship. Mm-hmm. So they were, like, undocumented in their own fucking land but no one talks about that and I think it's like unless it's in favor of an old white person it's not really talked about no and seen time and time again over like like not in the US and here in Canada too mm-hmm. yeah like colonization has happened like in so many places and it's the same story like yep in university, I kind of began learning about um, Australia and the indigenous people oh, there yeah. and how they were treated. And I was like, this sounds exactly like what happened in Canada. And it's it still mm-hmm. hap- I Like, a certain aspects of it are still happening there that, like, stopped here. So, like, have you ever heard of the 60s scoop in Canada? The what? 60s scoop. No. Okay, so it was where, I don't know, government or someone took um, a bunch of indigenous children 
from their families and put them into like orphanages and like adopted them out to white families oh yeah yeah so yeah okay i do know about that that is still actively happening in australia oh my god i didn't know that was happening in australia yeah at least from this thing that i read four years ago in university so i mean unless they had a big you know revolutionary change which i doubt they did yeah and like yeah so it it was kind of crazy because it was like wow australia is like very similar to our own history they're just like 10 years behind because we kind of you know like the residential schools and stuff like that like that technically they closed them obviously the effects are still here but mm-hmm. yeah, I was yeah like, definitely. this stuff is actively still happening in Australia and no one's doing anything about it what I don't know yeah it's interesting it's sad so much injustice in the world there is there is a whole lot um yeah but uh yeah I'm glad that we both uh talked about um women of well indigenous women in their own countries yeah we both talked about women of color Mm-hmm. awesome yeah we didn't even do that on purpose no we didn't i was originally because another lady who everyone talks about that i don't know anything about is uh joan of arc so i was originally gonna look at her but then i came across these tiktoks and i'm like big into tiktok right now so i was like <laughs> thanks tiktok <Yeah. laughs> i was like oh i'm gonna do it on Sakagawea. I'm glad I know how to pronounce it now. I didn't know that I was pronouncing it wrong. Yeah, I mean, I only... So when I, like, first learned about her, I thought that this lady was talking about someone else because I only ever heard the, like, I'm going to call it the American way of saying it. Um, Yeah. So I was like, oh, who's this? And then I looked it up and I'm like, oh, wait, it's the same girl. (laughs) Just pronounced correctly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good to know. Yeah, good stories. Um, mm-hmm. um, send us suggestions because sometimes we don't have any ideas. Yeah, that is very true. And send us more promos. We love doing promo swaps. Yes, that is also very true. I tried asking people for promos and no one replied to me, so it's like fine. Fine. We don't need your promo, but yeah, okay. kind of we do. But <laughs> please send even if you send it to us before be like hey can you play your my promo again and we'll be like yeah 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 i was thinking of like going back and replaying people's stuff yeah like i mean if you want it let us know it's free press so why wouldn't you want it Mm -hmm. Duh. exactly (laughs) okay um and make sure you check out our instagram for those videos that i posted you can find us at the woods podcast and make sure to follow us on twitter so you can read all about chasney's sleep paralysis at woods podcast you really should it's it's a good time um you can also send us an email about your own sleep paralysis i would love to hear about it um and our email is the woods podcast at gmail.com and we'll see you next time shout out to jason shaw Oh, right. For our Sorry, Jason. I forgot. (laughs) Our theme, Running Waters. And now we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.